Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you were listening, you were having a wonderful start to your Tuesday. It's good to be back with you. Me, me and the me and the wife were able to take a, a week vacation down to the beautiful beaches of Florida. Certainly enjoyed it. Want to thank Brad Roland and others for filling in last week. But as always, it's great to be back with you discussing Braves baseball and plenty to discuss from a busy Monday for Atlanta. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power podcast, and the podcast to be named later all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcasts platforms. Just hit that subscribe button whenever you get the chance and you'll get the latest content for free um, wherever you choose to listen. Of course, my name my name is again Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. And the latest from Atlanta via New York is that the Braves actually were able to play a game of baseball on Monday. A, a rare two-day sabbatical absence from the game, what have you, due to inclement weather. The Braves, after, you know, looking very impressive in their series opening win against the Mets on Friday, did not play Saturday or Sunday due to weather. And that, of course, set up a pretty important doubleheader against the Mets on Monday. And the Braves had to feel confident going into the doubleheader with Spencer Strider getting the ball in Game 1, Charlie Morton getting the ball in Game 2. The Braves were hoping, you know, going into Monday, up three games on the Mets in the division. Though, again, it's all, it was only May 1st. The Braves had an opportunity to potentially be up as much as five games on the Mets if they could have won both games of the doubleheader yesterday. So a pretty important opportunity opportunity for the Braves. Well, the end result wasn't as good as had hoped. The Braves split the doubleheader, but considering what occurred during the action on Monday, the Braves have to feel pretty good about winning the series, being three games up on the Mets in the NL East, and also avoiding any serious injury. Of course, what I'm referencing there is our first key takeaway from Monday's doubleheader and the fact that Ronald Acuna Jr., who after having another impressive offensive game in Game 1, including one of the you know more impressive home runs we've seen a player hit in City Field, he went to the third deck at City Field, which is a pretty rare accomplishment in Game 1. When Game 2, leading off the game, third pitch of the game, Ronald Acuna Jr. took a fastball to the back, actually right off what appeared to be the shoulder blade, and his initial reaction was not too encouraging. He definitely seemed to be in some pain, was eventually removed from the game. As the game went on, the Braves did announce that he was taken out of the game due to a shoulder contusion, but thankfully after the game it was revealed that there was no fracture or any type of you know, serious injury, and that Ronald Acuna Jr. would be day-to-day. Now, in the past, we all know how much Ronald Acuna Jr. wants to be out there as much as possible, but it's likely that, you know, he probably is going to naturally experience some soreness. And while I'm no doctor, it wouldn't surprise me if he may get a day or two off as the Braves start their series against the Marlins tonight. But you have to know that the Braves are hoping, while they should be cautious, obviously, with it being early in the season, as special as Ronald Acuna Jr. has been so far this year, you know they're going to want to get him in the lineup as soon as possible. So, you know, the great news news, the best news of all from Monday is that after what seemed to be a pretty scary situation, Ronald Acuna Jr. will be back out there sooner rather than later as he's only day-to-day with a shoulder contusion. The other, you know, a, a big point, another big point 
from Monday were the performances of both Spencer Strider and Charlie Morton, both of whom were not at their best, but were good enough, at least in my opinion, to be able to win their games. The only Strider was able to pitch in, in a game that the Braves won. Unfortunately, Spencer Strider went five innings, gave up four earned runs. The Mets are just a, a, a very good lineup in terms of making contact. Strider was not able to continue his impressive nine-plus strikeout streak, I believe finishing one game shy of the Major League record. So his uh, streak of consecutive games with nine-plus strikeouts ended at 10, but he was able to fight through not having his best stuff to put the Braves in a position to win, and that is what the Braves need right now. As we've just consistently discussed, with how good the Braves pitching staff has been here over the past few weeks, they've either been dominant, like we've seen a lot from Max Freed, or they've been good enough for the Braves to be able to get the job done and earn needed victories. And that's how Charlie Morton was in the second game of the afternoon. Charlie Morton, five, five and one-thirds innings, he was charged with four runs. But that was from the fact that in the sixth inning of the second game, he had allowed two runners on with one out, and the Braves' bullpen was not able to get the job done. But, Martin, but Morton overall, while he wasn't as good as his you know, last time out, Morton overall was able to perform to a, to a pretty good standard. Once again, the good thing about Charlie Morton after his ups and downs last year, he set himself at a pretty consistent and expected standard where he's going to pitch good enough to either be close to or right around a quality start each time out on the mound. And with how good the Braves' offense has been, that should be more than enough more often than not for the Braves to get the victory. Because, of course, as mentioned, the Braves' offense right now is really clicking, not necessarily on all cylinders, but it's clicking when it comes to consistently having multiple players contribute to a big offensive performance for the Braves to get the job done. Obviously, at the top of that list, as he's been all year, is Sean Murphy. Two three-run home runs in game one, and every bit of it was needed as the Braves won 9-8. to eight. And then, of course, Eddie Rosario delivered the big blast in game two. Unfortunately, was the only source of scoring for the Braves in game two, but he delivered a three-run double. If you want to call it a triple, that's fine. A three-run double in game two to allow for the Braves to, again, at the time, take the lead. So when we talk about how good, early on in the season, the Braves top trio of Ronald Acuna Jr., Matt Olson, and Austin Riley looked at times. It's really over the past few weeks been the performances of Sean Murphy, kind of that second um, lay, that second trio of the Braves batting order. The four, five, and six spots, which mainly have been manned by Sean Murphy, Ozzie Albies, and Eddie Rosario. All three of those players have been done quite well over the past two or so weeks, and it's been needed with the struggles of Matt Olson and Austin Riley, which we'll get to in just a moment. But Sean Murphy has been absolutely incredible, and once again, there have now been four, five, six times this year where the offense of Sean Murphy has been the difference maker in the Braves getting the job done. So as many have said, Alex Anthopoulos not only going out to get Sean Murphy because of the defensive impact that he can make on the game, but also knowing that there likely was untapped potential in his offense after he got out of a pretty weak lineup in Oakland and, you know, he got into kind of a better hitting environment in Atlanta. Alex Anthopoulos knowing 
that Sean Murphy could turn into what seems to be, you know, the best catcher right now in baseball, arguably, that has been an absolute revelation for the Braves so far this season and has been needed and is a big why, a big reason why the Braves have one of the best records in baseball after the doubleheader on Monday. So plenty of positives and some relief when it comes to the fact that Ronald Acuna Jr. was not, you know, seriously injured on Monday, but there were also a few concerning trends that continued on Monday that for the Braves, they certainly would love to see get back going in the right direction as soon as possible. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge... That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So as we are now officially in the month of May, the Braves 29 games through the season, basically a fifth of the way through the 2023 season, the Braves are 19 and 10. Three games up in the NL East, one of the five best records in baseball, more often than not looking like a team that people rightfully spotlighted as being a true favorite for the National League pennant and one of the three to five best, you know, contenders for a 2023 World Series run. And a lot of good has gone on for the Braves. Ronald Acuna Jr. is rightfully in the MVP conversation. Sean Murphy, in my opinion, is right there with him. Some hitters in the Braves lineup are starting to really get going. The starting rotation has been great overall in terms of consistency since Max Freed has returned. So I think anyone in Braves country, if you told them 29 games into the season, the Braves will be 19-10 and 10 and three games up in the National League, they would have taken that any day every day, and when you look at this team's performance so far, especially with the injuries that they've had to deal with, there's been a lot more positives than negatives. But I do think that it's important to discuss a few, you know, relevant if not concerning trends that have gone on over the past few weeks that you have to hope the Bra- that, that the Braves have to hope start to go in, in a more positive direction moving forward. And there are signs that, you know, in time they should, but Specifically, I'm looking at the struggles of the Braves' bullpen as well as the the struggles right now of both Austin Riley and Matt Olson at the plate. First, the Braves' bullpen. The Braves, despite the fact that they're 19-10 at the start of May, the Braves easily could have the best record in baseball. But unfortunately, they're 5-5 over the past 10 games in each of their five losses. 
It's been because the Braves' bullpen has unfortunately allowed for the other team to get the lead and the Braves were not able to overcome it. It's not that hard to remember either, right? The frustrating, frustrating experience, not this past weekend, but the weekend before when the Astros were in Atlanta playing the Braves in three straight games. The Braves' bullpen coughed up the lead, and the Astros were able to secure a victory in a series sweep of the Braves, the first time the Braves have been swept at home in nearly two years. And then you go back to last Thursday. The Braves were trying to complete a four-game sweep against the Marlins, but they gave up five runs in the ninth inning, and the Marlins were able to get the victory. And then in yesterday's Game 2, Though Charlie Morton had allowed two runners to reach base, unfortunately Michael Tonkin allowed the big hit to Francisco Alvarez that you know put the Mets ahead for good, and then Joe Jimenez allowed a home run in the eighth inning and what resulted in a 5-3 to three win. So the Braves' bullpen has had plenty of struggles. It's definitely been a downward trend with how good the Braves' bullpen had been previously for much of April. And one of the things that could definitely could be a reason as to why the Braves' bullpen is struggling, as we know bullpens in baseball struggle, you know, they have their ups and downs throughout the season. This has been a very heavily utilized unit so far this year because of the injuries and because of, you know, what the Braves have had to work through when it comes to their starting rotation. Over the past 14 days, which would be 12 games for the Braves, the Braves' bullpen has a 6.68 ERA. That's the third worst ERA over that span in baseball. But the crazy thing about it is, is that when you really get to breaking down the numbers, they get a bit more encouraging, but also it's a bit eye-opening with how much of a difference, you know, the end results are from how the Braves' bullpen is actually performing. Because again, a 6.68 ERA over the past 14 days but they have a 3.95 FIP and a 3.77 XFIP. That means that in terms of what they can control, the Braves relievers have been far better than their actual results show, which of course is encouraging because it means that at some point in time, and hopefully soon, things should regress to the mean and the Braves bullpen should be getting back to performing at, at its normal level, which a lot of times is elite compared to the rest of baseball. Other encouraging signs are the fact that the Braves, over the past 14 days, they're striking out nearly 11 hitters per nine innings. They're only walking 2.14 hitters per nine innings, which is the third best walk rate over the past two weeks in baseball. And they also have a 392 average against them when balls are put in play, batting average on balls in play. That's the highest BABIP mark in baseball over the past two weeks, which means the Braves have clearly been the unluckiest bullpen over this stretch of struggles. Now, one thing that does also stand out is that they're not allowing as much ground balls as one might like, but there are plenty of signs that show this bullpen, and especially A.J. Minter, should see better days ahead. Stephen Tolbert, co-host of the podcast to be named later, he pointed out, you know, on Twitter on Monday, you know, the location of the pitch that Eduardo Escobar hit out in the ninth inning of game one, it was right where you wanted it to be. Several of the pitches against the Astros were right where the A.J. Minter wanted it to be. The Braves also are just going through a stretch where some really good hitters 
are just doing their job. They're having good at-bats despite good pitches being thrown, and they're getting the job done. So without a doubt, it, it definitely this Braves bullpen is definitely coughing up, coughing up the lead. Yesterday, in six and two-thirds innings, they were on the mound when seven of the Mets' 13 runs were scored. So you want to certainly see the Braves start to put together a stretch where they're not allowing as many runs, but there are plenty of indicators that show that stretch should be coming sooner rather than later, and better days should be ahead for this Braves bullpen. And especially when you consider the fact that Rysel Iglesias should be back, hopefully during this series against the Marlins, the Braves will then have their closer back. You'll see many relievers get more into natural roles, and for the first time, this Braves bullpen should be at full health, and hopefully will get back to being one of the better bullpen units in baseball. But along with the bullpen, there has been definite struggles for both Austin Riley and Matt Olson, who both over the, over the past 14 days, again, uh, over their past 12 games, they both are struggling as well. Both hitters are hitting under 200. Matt Olson right now is hitting 163 over his past 12 games. Austin Riley is hitting 133. Now, Matt Olson is still putting plenty of power behind the baseball. Three home runs, eight RBIs, 10 overall runs, um, a 15.4% walk average. Yes, he's still striking out at a high rate, but despite the fact that he's run into a bit of, you know, a bit of a lack of luck, and, and he is struggling, Matt Olson has still remained somewhat productive. But Austin Riley is really what stands out. If there's one thing about this Braves team, if, if you had one wish right now as a Braves fan, I think the overwhelming majority of Braves country would wish for Austin Riley to get back going. He's only hitting 133 over his past 12 games. He's produced a 464 OPS over that stretch, a 27 WRC plus mark. He's been worth negative 0.4 FR. And the concerning thing is, is that he's striking out at the 32% rate and he's, his ISO is only 0.111. Now, again, both Olsen and Riley during these stretches have BABIP numbers in terms of batting average on balls in play. Both of them have a, a BABIP number below 200, which means that they are have been significantly unlucky as well. Again, that's the theme. The Braves' bullpen struggles, the struggles for Riley and Olsen, right now in both aspects, all of Olsen, Riley, and the bullpen Every one of them are going through some bad luck right now. But when it comes to Austin Riley, there hopefully will be an approach change at some point in time because he still is putting the ball on the ground at a 48% clip so far this year. Austin Riley just simply, we've we known that he's been a streaky hitter in the past and he will likely remain that, you know, going forward. But for him to be struggling as badly as he is, you know, the Braves definitely would love to get him going because if they can get him going with how well Sean Murphy, Ozzie Albies, and Eddie Rosario are going, this Braves offense can really put together a, a true winning streak or, or, or win at a, a truly elite clip to where they could really take control of the National League East. So despite the fact that both Olsen and Riley have certainly run into some bad luck as of late, you also have to hope that they'll start making contact, harder contact as well, and that they'll obviously start finding some gaps, finding some open spots when they put the balls in play, and they'll be able to get on the right track sooner rather than later. But of course, again, 
It's hard to complain about how good of a start the Braves have had, but with the fact that the bullpen, Austin Riley and Matt Olson all have run into some bad luck here recently, hopefully better luck will be ahead for the bullpen, Olson and Riley moving forward, and the Braves will, will really be able to click on all cylinders when it comes to this roster being as healthy as it has been all season long. So the Braves were able to get the series win against the Mets. Two games to winning two out of the three games. Again, the Braves may be without Ronald Acuna Jr. over the next one to two days. And that certainly will be a, a missed presence tonight as the Braves, as we'll see a rematch from last week, Bryce Elder versus Sandy Alcantara. The Braves had a very tough time against Alcantara, but they were able themselves to get the victory in that game last week because it was the Braves who came back against the Marlins bullpen. The hope is, is that Bryce Elder, who had his worst start of the season against the Marlins last week, a bit of regression occurred for him in that start. Hopefully he'll be able to put together a, a strong performance, a quality start, if you will, to give the Braves the chance to, you know, stay in the game and that the Braves can have better luck against Alcantara earlier in the game for them to be able to get a lead or to be able to put some runs on the board to support Bryce Elder as he works through his start. But this is the first of three games against the Marlins. You know the Braves are hoping to continue their winning ways as, as many times as they can. If they can continue to get series wins against nationally East opponents, that will really continue to help them out in terms of tightening the grip on their lead in the NL East. And of course, we'll have the latest for you here on the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. Make sure to check us out at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, and free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you choose to listen, that's where we'll be for free. Just hit that subscribe button, and you'll get the latest content when it's available. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSACN on Twitter. We'll talk to you again tomorrow, hopefully, with better times ahead for the bullpen, Olsen and Riley, and hopefully get to talk with you about another Braves win here on the Daily Hammer.